Healing touch is so important. It's important for everyone, but for our clients who are being touched in ways that might be life-saving, but are so traumatic, are so harmful, it's important. I'm Michael Max, and this is Geological, the podcast that connects the voices of our acupuncture and East Asian medicine community. Recently, at dinner with a friend, we discussed some of the traits that we were grateful to have acquired from our parents. Both of us had dads that took risks, dads that worked at the edge of their experience and skill, dads that harvested some spectacular failures along the way as they grew into larger versions of themselves. As kids, we both saw that our dads had courage, that getting it wrong was part of having passion, that the ups and downs of the learning process was something to be embraced. We had dads that were comfortable with not knowing, and so we too learned to be comfortable with our not knowing as well. Probably that is one of the reasons that we both share a taste for travel and pushing ourselves beyond the borders mapped out by daily routines and conventions. Has this gotten us into hot water? <laughs> yeah, just like our dads, at times it has. And it has also opened up opportunities that would otherwise be locked behind a wall of fear, regret, and ignorance. Just as our immune systems grow stronger when they fail to recognize an invader and have to do battle and learn, so too our spirits grow more resilient when failure gives us the opportunity to hone our perceptions and our responses. Failure was never really the lesson. The lesson was in how we picked ourselves up after things went wrong and then approached our dreams with more information and renewed curiosity. Our dads demonstrated courage and their willingness to risk living a more interesting life, and we consider ourselves lucky to have had fathers that showed us how to navigate the territory just beyond the edge of the known world. What about you? Where do you draw inspiration to push the borders of what's possible in life? Speaking of opportunities and possibilities, in a few minutes, we're going to get into a conversation with Yvonne Charles. She's the director of the Charlotte Maxwell Clinic. Theirs is an amazing story of providing service for over 20 years to low-income women with a cancer diagnosis using a powerful combination of acupuncture, community, and connectivity. If you're thinking about ways to deepen your reach into underserved populations, you're going to get a lot of ideas and plenty of inspiration from this conversation. I hope you enjoyed the special podcasts from the Shenlong Society's conference last week. If you're an herbalist and you've not listened to those conversations, cue them up when you have a moment. You're in for a treat. And I want to remind you that we have two in-person introductory classes to Sa'am, the Acupuncture of Wandering Monks, coming up. One is in the middle of May in Tucson, and the second later in June in St. Louis. These are two-day classes, and in both locations, there will be an option for an extra day of clinical observation and case studies. And for those of you that are already puzzling through this method, at the end of this month, March 30th, we will have a live webinar with Toby Daly. Bring your clinical insights and questions and learn from the experience of others as well. 
sign up for the live conversation over at crowdcast.io slash geological or visit the geological learning menu over on the geological website. And remember, next week, a group discussion on the privilege and challenge of building a business that reflects who you actually are. If business is a bad word in your vocabulary, you'll want to tune into this one. And if you already love the challenge and the creative joy of running a business, you'll also love hearing from these folks in this discussion. As always, a big thanks to Lhasa OMS for their long time and dedicated support of the podcast. As the largest supplier of acupuncture needles in the U.S., you can depend on Lhasa to have the kinds of pins that you're looking for. Additionally, they have an extensive inventory of quality products for your acupuncture clinic. And if you're interested in CBD, they have a wide variety of quality products and plenty of educational material on this botanical over on their website. Lhasa is also dedicated to supporting the profession with educational resources like Geological, and they regularly sponsor webinars. Visit their website for a wealth of educational blog posts, summaries from their webinars, and the schedule of upcoming webinars that range from clinical methods to practice management. In addition to supporting you in your practice, Lhasa OMS also works with state acupuncture organizations to help protect and promote the practice of our medicine. And they donate supplies to help support clinics like the Charlotte Maxwell Clinic in their mission to help women in their struggles with cancer. Be sure to sign up for their mailing list so you don't miss out on any of the resources they have for supporting you in your practice. They've got terrific flash sales, but you have to be subscribed to get the heads up on those. One last little reminder, your geeky podcast host loves those postcards. Send one over to the Geological International Headquarters. I'd love to hear from you and your practice. And if you would like to be considered as a guest for the second anniversary show coming up later in the summer, include your email address. All right, enough flapping in the lips. Let's get into today's show. Hello, friends. Today is one of these rare and roving geological episodes. I'm on the road right now. I am in Oakland, California, to be specific. And I'm here today at the Charlotte Maxwell Clinic. And we're going to find out what this place is about. It's really special. I'm sitting down with Yvonne Charles. She is the executive director. Executive director. And we're going to find out what's cooking here in Oakland. Yvonne, welcome to Geological. Thank you, Michael. So happy to be here with you. I've heard about your clinic from a number of different people. That's the reason that I first reached out. Different folks were saying, there's some amazing stuff going on Mm -hmm. with what you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. So give us a little background. What are you all up to here? So we've been around for, gosh, a little over 27 years. And so we are named after Charlotte Maxwell. And Charlotte was an amazing woman from everything that I've heard about her. And I am in touch still with her with her best friend. Um, I'm in touch a little bit with her brother. And basically what happened was back in the 80s, Charlotte was um, involved in the public health movement in San Francisco. And so she was, um, we remember back 
back in the 80s, she was helping a lot of men with AIDS. Yeah, that was, they, the, that was a big thing happening back then. That was a big thing happening then. And then she got diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And who stepped up for her were her women friends. Mm-hmm. And they started providing the things that we used to call then complementary or alternative medicine, and now is integrative medicine. But they offered her things like acupuncture, all kinds of body work, herbal medicines. And she credited those medicines with her quality of life being dramatically improved at the end of her life. And her dream, her legacy is that women who can't otherwise afford these services have access to these services. And so after she passed, her friends came together, started out really small in the house of one of her friends, just one room. And for free, they volunteered their services to low-income women with cancer. And over the years, this is what we've grown into, is this clinic of seven treatment rooms with hundreds of volunteers serving hundreds of low-income women with cancer here in the Bay Area. It's an incredible story. I, I am often so struck. There are people that do amazing things in this world. And sometimes they probably don't even know how amazing the work is that they're doing until something like this happens. Mm-hmm. And then people come out of the woodwork and support them. And, and it sounds like not only was she supported, mm-hmm. but this, this work has carried on 27 years now. It is, it is. One of the wonderful things about this place is that some of our volunteers have been with us from the beginning, from the very beginning. Others of our volunteers, and we only ask for a one-year commitment, Mm -hmm. others of our volunteers have been with us 10 years, 14 years. One volunteer recently celebrated her 17th year with us, one of our acupuncturists and one of our Western herbalists. She recently celebrated 16 years coming here. Some of them we ask for once a month, most come monthly, and some of them come every single week. They have their regular shift every single week that they have been coming in for years and years and years. It's an amazing experience. It's an amazing place. It, it sounds like it. I want to find out more about how do you manage to run a place like this. But mm-hmm. before I do, before I jump into that, tell us a little bit about the services that you provide here. Mm-hmm. So our clientele, when I say low-income women with cancer, everyone has to have a cancer diagnosis. And it doesn't matter what type of cancer diagnosis. And I mention that because often people only serve women with breast cancer. And what we've noticed is while the majority of our clients at any one time, it'll be between, oh, call it 65 and 80% of our clients have breast cancer. The women with breast cancer, they need more services, certainly. But the women with cancers other than breast, they barely have anything. And so we provide a really important resource Mm -hmm. for women with um, diagnoses of cancer that are not breast cancer. And so what do we do? We offer acupuncture. We offer all kinds of body work. So, of course, people know Swedish massage. People might know shiatsu, but we have biodynamic massage, cranial, sacral, you name it. We have so many types of body work, Western and Chinese herbs for sure. We have different types of energy work, including guided imagery, which is so important. We have homeopathy. 
People often think of homeopathy when it comes to earaches if you have children, colds and flus, but I have to say the majority of our clients use it to help them manage their anxiety, their depression, their stress. Mm-hmm. And they might really not- Really for the psychomotive yes, aspects. Yes, So our clients, and I'll talk a little bit more about what we do, but our clients come to us not knowing what integrative medicine is usually. And if they know anything, they know acupuncture and Swedish massage. And so we immediately jump into a lot of education around what is this thing called integrative medicine. Um, So besides, which I'll get into, besides those um, modalities um, that I mentioned, of course, we offer nutritional counseling, critical when you have cancer. We offer cooking classes because the counseling is not helpful unless you know how to cook the food that's being recommended to you. Uh, We also offer exercise counseling. And then the one thing I also have to say, since our clients are low income, is we also offer social services. And so we don't do patient navigation per se. And we definitely refer out as we need to. So we have very close partnerships in the community. Mm-hmm. So you connect people up with, with what they need. We connect people up with what they need. But the besides housing and security, this is the Bay Area, the number one thing that our clients face being poor is hunger and security. Mm-hmm. And so when you walk in the door here, the first thing that you will see are beautiful baskets of locally grown organic produce. And those come to us, um, community supporters, buy us CSA boxes from Full Belly Farms. Want to give them a little shout out um, because it's critical. We don't want anyone to leave here hungry. So we'll certainly support in other ways. We'll connect you with, you know, food stamps called CalFresh here in California or um, a local agency that helps people with cancer with food, but we don't want anyone leaving here hungry. And so we don't offer any herbal medicines or supplements that we don't personally carry because nothing is more painful than being told this could help you and mm-hmm. you can't afford it. Mm-hmm. So we usually purchase, though we do have some wonderful donors that support us. So um, LASA OMS, I also want to mention because they give us um, our acupuncture needles for free, and that's a new partnership. And these are the best acupuncture needles that you can get. And so that saves us so much money that we can put into other parts of our programming. And um, I'm not trying to be a corporate chill or anything here. It's more that we are just so very grateful. We run on a very lean budget. And so these folks jumping in and helping us out in these ways, it makes a really, really big difference to us, to our clients. Yeah. No, you're not, you're not being a corporate chill. <laughs> uh, it was through Lhasa. They were one of the several people that told me about the work that oh, you're doing lovely, here. Lovely, yeah. 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 They yeah. were very impressed and yeah. delighted to help support this yes. effort here. Yes, well, we are grateful. Like I said, we were buying acupuncture needles before, albeit at a discount. And so this allows us to put money into other areas. Yeah, no, it's, it's truly wonderful. Great. So primarily Chinese medicine. And it sounds like you've got herbs, you've got the body mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. And, and then... You know, that essential thing of security and food. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, in some ways we're talking about... Now, do you have a background in acupuncture yourself? I went to acupuncture school, but I did not become an acupuncturist. My background is that of a chaplain, actually. So even though I'm the executive director, which makes me chief fundraiser, um, no, I still do some of the social services here. Uh 
And so, yeah, I, I get my hand in. I get to to chat with our clients. And we do say clients, not patients. I should let you know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a deliberate choice the founders made a long time ago so people could feel separated from their diagnosis. Oh, you Just know, that is, that is so important. I, I find people whether they want to or not. I mean, sometimes people get some distance from it, but sometimes mm-hmm. people will take a diagnosis mm-hmm. and they completely identify yes. their entire life and who they are, even at their core, with a diagnosis as opposed to being a human being. Mm-hmm. And it it does help to get the distance from the diagnosis, but more importantly, get that connection mm-hmm. to, to the rest of what makes us tick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and mm-hmm. I was just thinking, the reason I asked if you had a background in Chinese medicine, I hear you talk about security, I hear you talk about food, mm-hmm. and, and I'm thinking, oh yeah, you're really taking care of the spleen mm-hmm. and the kidney here, yes. right? These really... <sighs> essential fundamentals. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, I mean, it is the number one request that we get here is acupuncture, right? And we know that. We know that acupuncture helps with um, all the side effects of treatment, which is usually what our ladies are dealing with. So it helps with nausea. It helps with pain. It helps with stress. It helps with so many things. And so more than any other modality, acupuncture is um, is our most requested and is our most prescribed. Yeah. Well, you know, it's great stuff. I mean, yes. listeners to the program know this. It, mm-hmm. You can so quickly in such a short amount of time shift so much in a person, not mm-hmm. just physically, but mm-hmm. psychoemotively as well. Yeah, Powerful absolutely. Powerful stuff. Yeah. Any particular acupuncture modalities that that you tend to use here that, uh, or is it up to the individual practitioner? Um, I'm going to say it's up to the individual practitioner um, because, so the term personalized medicine is thrown out about a lot lately. And it's something we've been practicing here for a very long time. And so for our clients who come in and they may have a following practitioner, let's say the following practitioner is an acupuncturist. And not everyone has a following practitioner because it depends what's going on. Um, so a following practitioner the is... Following practitioners, you come in and you see that person pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. And so depending on where you are in your cancer, journey, you will come in here once a week, maybe a couple times a month, or um, monthly, or even quarterly, if you're, you know, farther out, much farther out from your diagnosis. And so um, if you're much farther out from your diagnosis, then you don't necessarily need a following practitioner. If you're um, new to us, then we'll see what we can do to have someone who has regular contact with you, even though you're doing multiple modalities. Right. So you get someone to sort of coordinate the care and Mm -hmm. And, and kind of have a go-to. Right, yeah. And we also have a clinic manager, we have a medical director, and then we have a team of volunteers who are not necessarily practitioners, and we call them the priority team. And so they monthly get together and run through the medical records and see you know, what are the referrals that have come in that month that we have not taken care of immediately. So do we recommend lab tests? Do we recommend going back to your doctor? Are these symptoms something to be more concerned? concerned about or not. Mm. So we we definitely try and make sure through all these different avenues that no one falls through the cracks. Yeah. And so um, because recurrence, if nothing else, recurrence is a big concern. And so um, we want to make sure that um, everyone is looked at. So in terms of the following practitioner, so some of our um, acupuncturists, um, not just acupuncturists, but some of our acupuncturists are following practitioners. And so they've been seeing... Um, 
um, these individual clients um, regularly. So to answer your original question, then they might have a acupuncture regime that they might want to do. But for the most part, I'm going to say no, it's up to the individual acupuncturist as they see that particular client. Yeah. Chinese medicine seems to work best that way Mm -hmm. when the person doing it gets to work out of the particular framework that mm-hmm. makes sense to them. Yes. Yeah. So, you, yeah. so you're not doing any kind of protocolized, pro- protocolized no. or no, no, right? you're, no, you're doing real medicine, yeah. real East Asian medicine. Yes. Here. Yes. Yeah. That we are. We are very, very individual. And I also have to say, we pride ourselves. One of the things that um, I do say as the executive director is I feel half the healing happens before people even go into the treatment rooms. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you walk in and it's quickly as we can, we learn your name. So you're greeted by name, you're welcomed into the clinic, and family and friends are welcomed into the clinic. And so um, we have several spouses who come here and nap while their, um, their loved one is getting treatment. We have several um, spouses who nap while their loved one is in treatment in the treatment room. And that's important to us because they report back that when their loved one is in chemo, for instance, in mm-hmm. the infusion center, they're worried. They're sitting there worried. But here they know they're being taken care of. And over and over we are told, okay, you know, whatever the hospital is, I'm not going to name any hospitals, but, um, you know, that's where I might be cured of the cancer, but Charlotte Maxwell Clinic is where I'm healed. Mm-hmm. And it's important, you know, folks come in and they hear their language being spoken as much as we can. We get practitioners who speak different languages so that we don't have to rely on interpreters. And we certainly do. We have interpreters and we're very grateful for them. But um, we just try and remove as many barriers as possible. So um, you can bring your child, you can bring your grandchild they're welcomed here as well. You don't have to pay for childcare. We always need more drivers. And so as much as possible, we ask people in the community, if you can drive them to and from the appointment here, not everyone has gas money. If they have a car, not everyone has access to public transportation. And even if you do qualify for paratransit, paratransit, you can be sitting for hours. And so we just try and minimize as many, many barriers as possible. So you're not just a clinic. No. I mean, no. no. I mean, I, no. I see you're, I mean, we're seeing you're face to face. Usually it's over the internet. I see your eyes light up yeah. when I say, this is not just a clinic. You've got, I mean, you got drivers, mm-hmm. you're helping people with food, you're mm-hmm. teaching life skills, you're mm-hmm. helping with exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as much as we can. And so we're very specific in our mission, I have to say. Our mission mm-hmm. is integrative medicine. But if you're told, you know, eat better, and which our clients are told. So doctors will say eat better, but yeah. they don't but know what they that means. Right. What does that mean? Right. And how do you do it? What right. It, you know, and different people have different ideas of eat better. I see right. patients in my clinic all the time. I ask mm-hmm. them, how's your diet? They go, oh, I eat pretty well. I go, great. What's a, what's a pretty well diet look like? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, man, there's all kinds of different answers. Right. There's all kinds of different answers. And I have to say, we were a little bit sad last summer. We lost one of our farms that we used to partner with. And we had just worked out a deal with them to plant specific vegetables for us. Mm. Because especially our clients who are new here from China, and some of the vegetables are just not familiar. And so we're very close to Oakland, Chinatown. But if you're sick, you don't necessarily want to be at the farmer's market. And we had just worked out a deal with them to plant particular vegetables that we knew our clients were missing that are so healthy because it's vegetables. And um, yeah, and they had to close down. They lost their space. And so that is something that we are looking for is another possible farm partnership. I'm really struck with the attentiveness and the breadth of what you're looking to do here. Where does that come from? I have to say it comes from our founders. Um, So I'm still in touch with several of the founders, um, one of whom is our current volunteer medical director. And the care that they showed from the very beginning that is still shown now, there is still that concern around more than ever we are needed. And the the expense, how expensive the Bay Area is, I'll rephrase what I was going to say, how expensive the Bay Area is and continues to be, especially over the last couple years, mm-hmm. is of such concern to us. And so trying to figure out what we can do, what little part we can play to make the lives of the ladies who walk in these doors, to make their lives better, that fits within our mission, um, is, it's just important. It's really, really important. It's good work. Um, I also have to say for our volunteers that several volunteers have said to me, that with everything happening in the world, especially when natural or other disasters occur, that knowing they can come in here and in the space of a few hours relieve the suffering of the clients that they see Mm -hmm. means so much to them. So as staff, I know we feel very lucky to work here. As volunteers, I know they feel very lucky to be able to come in here. And I think all of that translates into the care that I'm that I'm talking about for our clients. And so we're grateful to be able to offer the respite that we do to our clients in big and small ways. Again, I'm struck by how multifaceted your vision is with this. Mm -hmm. It's not just acupuncture. It's not just herbs. It's, it's all of it. How do you make a place like this run? It's hard. It is very hard. We get no government funding. And I'm constantly told, why doesn't the state just support you? And so the state does not. And there are good and bad points to that. I'm not going to say that, um, you know, oh, the state should support us. And so we have a number of long-term supporters, both individuals and family foundations, and then and other foundations. And then we have a few, very few corporate sponsors. And so, yeah, it's all donation. We run on a very, very lean budget and um, we make do with what we have. Tell me a little bit about, about what your outreach looks like. How, how do you let people know or organizations mm-hmm. 
know about what you're doing. And, and the flip side of that is what is it that they see you doing here that they go, oh, wow, we really want to support this. Mm-hmm. This is different and we want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So outreach is depends on who we're reaching out to. So I'll start with clients. The majority of our referrals come to us through the hospitals. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to say probably 95% of our referrals come from hospital navigators, patient navigators, social workers, nurses, doctors, um, in that order. And then the rest of the referrals are family members, loved ones. Um, people have said, you know, oh, I found out I had cancer and someone in my building said, hey, have you heard of Charlotte Maxwell Clinic? And so it's, um, it's word of mouth. People have heard of us. Might not know quite what we do, but say, you know, check them out. Mm-hmm. And so um, so that's for clients. And certainly, I mean, we go around and we put up flyers and things like that. But that's the majority of the referrals. And it doesn't have to be through the hospital. People can self-refer. That is absolutely fine. And so for volunteers, that's word of mouth. Volunteers who know about us. Again, we put volunteer postcards and flyers around in the community, and we certainly outreach to particular places. It if we're looking for particular volunteers at particular times, um, but it, it is still word of mouth that volunteers love being here, and so they tell other people about us. So you sort of got your own built-in network that sustains itself we do. that way. We do, and it's wonderful because it means that. Being the Bay Area, our clientele is very diverse in almost every way, right? Um, They have to be low income, they have to have a cancer diagnosis, and they have to be a self-identified woman. So those are three very specific parameters. But otherwise, racially, other backgrounds, we are um, very diverse. And so it means that our volunteer pool is very diverse and that's quite wonderful. And something I have to say, we do pride ourselves on that our volunteer board staff and client pool are all very diverse in many, many ways, very representative of the Bay Area. Well, the Bay Area is is Mm -hmm. such a tapestry compared to so much of the uh, rest of the country. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then in terms of organizations and outreach, so we have to do quite a bit of education there. And so we certainly get invited to brown bag lunches. And can you talk about, you know, what does Charlotte Maxwell Clinic do? When we hear of turnover at some of the hospitals and we reach out again and say, can we come in and explain to this new group of social workers who we are and what we do Mm -hmm. so that they can let their, um, it's a hospital, so they do say patients there, so they can let the patients know because ideally we will get the person newly diagnosed before they've even begun conventional treatment because we want to prevent as many side effects as we possibly can. And so, as we all know, prevention is much better than treatment. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm curious Mm -hmm. about the hospitals. You know, again, Mm -hmm. I live in the Midwest. Right. It's a whole different mindset. Yes. How does the Western medicine community, hospitals in particular, view what you do? And, And how interested are they in working with you? So I have to say it depends on when it comes to the navigators, they're very open to it, probably because they hear 
from the clients. They might not know what we do, but they hear from people Mm -hmm. that what we do is so helpful to them, similarly with the social workers. And so there it's a matter of education around what is integrative medicine and what are these things you call modalities, right? And, And what do they do? When it comes to the doctors in particular, we have some really big fans out in the community. Some of the Mm. breast surgeons, some of the oncologists, they absolutely believe in what we do. One of the lesser known aspects of our clinic is that doctors will reach out to us and say, I have tried everything for their nausea. Can I refer clients to you because nothing is working? Yeah. And that happens more than people are aware of because it happens in the privacy of the doctor's office when the client is not around, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, so that is something that we, we offer that folks don't know that we offer because our answer is yes, we can help. And so, uh, so we have some big fans in the medical community. And then we have some folks who, who like some of what we do And their biggest concern is probably around herbs Mm -hmm. and not understanding that you can use herbs if you use them properly with education during treatment. And so some of what I do specifically is I get invited to the hospitals to, um, to different forums and I will talk to the oncologists and the surgeons, mainly oncologists around You know, we look at the herbal database with Memorial Sloan Kettering very closely. We have a real breadth of knowledge with our volunteers and with our medical director um, around what is helpful, what is contraindicated, um, when people should or should not do herbs, which supplements are... um, are particularly helpful and when should people be taking them? And so um, when it comes to acupuncture, I think, and I'm guessing your audience has a deeper sense than the medical community around how helpful it is and what oh, it does. Yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah. the conventional medical community is busy doing their conventional medicine. Right. You know, in the same way that we don't necessarily know a whole lot about what they do. I mean, we right. know a little. Right. Uh, just because yeah. we interface with those systems so much, right? right? You know, everyone's busy and they've got their own specialties mm-hmm. and, and it's hard to know about everything. Right. Absolutely. And so that's why we work very closely with the hospitals. That's why we get medical records. You know, that's why we refer back to the doctor. And I think that's why we, they refer to us is that we do have those open lines of communication as much as we can. Uh-huh. So you really you really keep the medical centers updated with what's going on with the patients? We try our best to, and of course it depends on the practitioner, mm. right? And so we do, we, do, we try very hard to. And so um, if not with a particular oncologist, at least with their office, so that we can say, you know, here's what we're doing, here's what we're seeing, what are you doing, what are you seeing? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we, we mean whole person care, we mean personalized medicine, we try very, very hard. I know those are terms that are being, you know, co-opted. Uh, um, yeah, yeah all around but, the place right, but, um, but what the, the more literal meaning of that is what we try and do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any kind of research things going on here. This seems like it could be a really creative and helpful environment to do some sort of uh, 
integrative medicine research? So we don't have any at present. We have in the past. And so I will say that because we, we're such a small staff, we're only five people, that we... You're only five people on staff? We're only five people on staff. Okay, so those of you that are listening to the podcast <laughs> and you can't see what I had a tour of here, I can't believe that... There, I understand your staff is bigger because you've got a big volunteer staff, right. but a paid staff of five, mm-hmm. holy smokes. Yep, exactly. I told wow. you we run lean. We run lean. Lean yeah. and efficient. And efficient, yes, because we the majority of our money goes towards the programming, goes towards our clients. Yeah. That, that's incredible. Yeah. I'm curious if, you know, it's taken you guys 27 years to grow to what you've grown into mm-hmm. here. But if there was a group of people, or maybe even just one person in a clinic that wanted to, you know, spend some time helping cancer patients mm-hmm. or, or, you know, serve other populations or people with some kind of serious illnesses, any thoughts about how to take some of the wisdom of what you've mm-hmm. gleaned here, not just gleaned, but I mean, you live it here, staff mm-hmm. of five, holy smokes. Mm-hmm. What are some thoughts about setting up something like what you do in other places do you have people contacting you yes you do yes we Mm -hmm. have people contacting us all the time and we would love to see that we really would i know that the once this got off the ground probably five six years in that one of the hopes had been that this would be a model that would be um expanded across the country Mm -hmm. and so we definitely have requests um several times a year i have to say people contacting me wanting to know more and i'm always happy to talk with people because the more people who get helped in this manner i think the better and so there are a few things that i say um one point that i have not touched on is that Our clinic is open Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and that's for specific reasons. The majority of our clients are in conventional treatment during the week. The majority of our clients are... um, have loved ones, not always children, have loved ones to take care of. And since we have volunteer practitioners... They work during the week. Right. They're busy. They're busy during Mm -hmm. the week. And one of the things that's come up is people have said, you know, why don't you do it Monday through Friday? And what I've noticed is those clinics that have tried to do it Monday through Friday have a hard time. So they don't really have volunteer practitioners, right? They have to pay staff. And that's fine, but it means that you have a much smaller pool of people. Mm -hmm. And then for the clients, we're not competing with treatment. We're not competing with, you know, children, grandchildren, school schedule. The weekends, they are much more flexible. They have people to drive them to and from the appointments. And that means that we can have a much better bigger volunteer pool. And the thing that makes Charlotte Maxwell Clinic unique, because there are many places that offer you know, free or usually sliding scale um, acupuncture for, um, for low-income people with cancer, but the reason we're able to do what we do is under one roof, you have this breadth of modalities. Mm -hmm. And so if your acupuncturist notices that you're confused around food, she can refer to the nutritionist. If the nutritionist notices, you know, oh, some emotional things are coming up, she can refer to the homeopath, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there's nowhere else to go. You can just make the appointment here. So you don't have to figure out where do I find a homeopath? 
Where do I find the exercise therapist? Where do I find this? Where do I find that? We can just take care of it here. You've got it here. You've got it covered. We've got it here. And that directly relates to the fact that we are open on the weekends. And so we have this really big volunteer pool to choose from as opposed to those hospitals and clinics or individuals. A woman in New York contacted me last year wanting to do something similar and she'd been working on it. I think she said for about 18 months and just wasn't able to make it happen. And so I start there. I start with weekends Mm -hmm. and see what difference that makes for all the reasons that I explained. And then it takes a lot It really does take an awful lot to make it happen. There is not much money out there for this type of medicine. And so there are a couple big places that do it, you know, OSHA Center, not to the scale that we do, different way of going about it. There are also some other places, even locally, that offer it in a different way than what we do, offer integrative medicine in a different way than what we do. So they're actually offering mm-hmm. integrative medicine in mm-hmm. the way that you're doing it, or are they just offering a modality or two? They offer a modality or two. Mm-hmm. They don't offer it in the same way that we do, or people might give there. I know there's several voucher programs mm. that people will try and do what we do. And then eventually they switch over to, you know, I worked out a deal with, you know, two acupuncturists and three massage therapists and maybe one other modality. And then they'll they'll hand the the client a voucher to go and see those people as opposed to to what we do. So I'm I'm always happy to talk with anyone and explain in more detail how we go about making this happen because it, it actually does require a lot. And it requires a level of a focus, I'll say. So we we don't do support groups. And people will ask that, you know, do you do support groups? And that's where we partner closely with mm-hmm. other organizations. And so you focus so, on what you you focus on what you really do well. Yes. And where they can't find it somewhere else. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And because of that, I think that's why we've grown. And that is why we do what we do very, very well, very well. And so we are partnering actually a deep collaboration with cancer support communities in Northern California. We are partnering to open a satellite location in Antioch because many of our clients in Oakland are being pushed farther out Mm -hmm. into the outskirts of the Bay Area and looking at where made sense. We realize that Antioch is where, and those areas are where a lot of the people are being forced to move because Oakland in particular is, San Francisco is expensive, more expensive. So people are moving to Oakland, which makes it more expensive, et cetera. On and on it goes. On and on it goes. Mm -hmm. And so we'll be experimenting with a satellite location out there and see, you know, what can we do to serve those folks? And you'll be using the same sort of model that you use We do the exact same thing. Yeah, because it really works. mm -hmm, Cancer support communities does what they do very well. So they do the support groups, they do the classes, they do the workshops, but they don't do what we do. And we're not trying to replicate them. They're not trying to replicate us. But we do think that under one roof, again, having these different services will better serve the clientele. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, when when I hear you talk about it that way... Well, you know, I think for myself, I, I mean, I just run a small little clinic, but I'm really glad to have a bookkeeper. 
Who right. knows bookkeeping? <laughs> so I don't have to think about it. I can just go, you know this, you take care of it. I'm going to go do some acupuncture. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it. We don't try and do what anybody else does. If someone else does something very, very well, then we'd rather partner with them. We'd yeah. rather figure out a way to do, again, to minimize barriers, a way to do a much quicker referral for our clientele than otherwise. And so, so to that end, we actually meet with um, different parts of our community support in quarterly meetings. And so we have a cancer collaborative that we meet quarterly, Bay Area Cancer Collaborative, and that's us, Charlotte Maxwell Clinic, Women's Cancer Resource Center, Cancer Support Communities, who I mentioned, and then Commonweal. And so figuring out, you know, what can we do? And then we have another collaborative, which includes all those people with the exception of Commonweal. They're not part of that group. But there we also include, for instance, American Cancer Society, Shanti, that's local out of San Francisco, and a couple other people. So Um, you're not just this clinic that's doing this integrative medicine, you are really like wheels within wheels mm-hmm. connected to a larger community and larger systems that that are all, I don't know if complementary is the right word, but, but you all, you're doing something similar mm-hmm. and uh, similar visions. Similar visions for sure, but different missions. And so therefore we want to... To serve our clients better and the easiest way to serve our client, when you're given a referral someplace, being told go to, for instance, Women's Cancer Resource Center for a support group, it's much easier if I can say to you, go and see so-and-so over there. Uh, I'll tell them you're coming. Yeah. And it's part of what I said earlier about being welcoming and removing barriers. And so if someone knows that someone is expecting them and they are greeted by name, it makes a really big difference. Oh, to it something really does, doesn't that it? That is otherwise nerve wracking. Yeah. 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 So instead of, instead of being told, go here, go mm-hmm. see this person, mm-hmm. I'm going to deliver you hand to hand, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's great. That's yeah. great. So if there are people listening to this mm-hmm. and they'd like to do some work in their community, mm-hmm. And they're not sure where to begin, or they, or maybe they've begun, but they they like to think about what the next steps are. Mm-hmm. They could reach out to you. Yes, yes, absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah, so go to our website, and they're they're more than welcome to reach out to me. I will make sure all of that stuff is on the show notes page. Great, thank you. So that people can reach out. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Anything else that I haven't asked you about about this phenomenal place you have that you'd like to share with our listeners? I'm often asked if this is a depressing place to work. Mm. And I always say no. And, and I want to explain why it's probably um, come across in my enthusiasm as I talk about this place. Healing touch is so important. It's important for everyone, but for our clients who are, being touched in ways that might be life-saving but are so traumatic, mm-hmm. are so harmful, mm-hmm. it's important. And so we hug a lot here. Of course, we always ask permission, and we're almost always told yes. And even those who tell us no in the beginning will usually switch to yes. And it's important to have a healing community where people understand 
that these tiny things are important. So to put out the the bowl of apples for a snack when you come in, to have the tea waiting, to put out the produce in a way that shows that we care for our clients is critical to me and to the rest of the staff. I used to work in homeless shelters um, years ago And that was one of the things that made me really sad was to see shelters are Band-Aid, but people need them right now. And to see people, the staff being so harried and not taking the care that um, means so much to people. They might not even recognize it in the moment, but being able to work in a place where those details are honored makes it a, a very special place to work where we put the hug of a client before putting away a chart. I, I think those things make all the difference. And in return, we are called angels. We are called family. We work with people with cancer. So people do pass away and we have loved ones contact us after they pass away and say how much we meant to them and how we made a big difference. Often we're told in quantity of life, we have no way of knowing that, but we definitely know in quality of life that it makes such a big difference to to them and to us to make that connection with another human being. And that's probably for me, the the biggest difference in Charlotte Maxwell Clinic. So for folks trying to figure out what to do in the community, it sounds a little trite, but I'm going to say start there. Someone presents in front of you, and as acupuncturists, hopefully um, folks do this anyway, but to to see that person as a human being before you get into the details of the intake. It makes a really big difference. It makes a really, really big difference. And people send us cards and, and give us flowers, and that's all very sweet, and we appreciate it. But um, more, it's knowing, hearing back from them that this is what they, they got out of the experience, was, was feeling touched and healed in that way. And that's why it's not a depressing place to work. Whatever might be happening that's hard, it, it's a very special and beautiful place. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like when we have these opportunities to bring our heart into our work, regardless of where it is, it mm-hmm. it makes for a completely different experience. Yes. Yes. Beautifully yeah. said. Mm. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Thank you, Michael. It was my pleasure. All right, friends, that's it for today. I hope that you have enjoyed this conversation. If you like the show, there's a couple different ways that you can support it. First, most importantly, share it with your friends. You find something good, share it with people that you think would find it helpful as well. You can also go over to the iTunes page for the podcast and rate the show. And if you decide to do that, just type a few words in about what you get out of the podcast. It helps people to find the show. And finally, you can become a member of the podcast. You can become a Chia Logician. It's just five bucks a month. It gets you some extra content. There's some good things over there. And of course, my unending gratitude 
helps keep some inspiration in the teacup. Very important here at Geological International. Again, thanks for listening. Tune in again next week. <laughs>